Hey, thank you so much for joining me today. I pray you've been having a good week. If you bear with me, I'm going to go ahead and bring to you a message that God has placed on my heart. In Paul's letter to the Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 through 10, he writes, And you he made alive, who were dead in trespasses and sins, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as the others. But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved, and raised us up together, and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Now, I don't know how familiar you are, but most people have watched at least one Walking Dead or one Night of the Living Dead movie or film or TV show in their life. If you haven't, let me give you a quick description. Basically, it's people who's walking around, but they dead. They don't have any understanding. They don't have any feelings or emotions. They don't respond to normal stimuli. They only seek and search for flesh. Human flesh, animal flesh, you name it, doesn't matter. If they catch it, they'll eat it. In a similar manner, when we were living in sin, we were among the walking dead meaning we had physical life in our bodies, but we were spiritually dead. And because we were spiritually dead, we were separated from God because those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. But it's kind of hard to do that when you're dead in your spirit. Therefore, we didn't respond to spiritual things. We didn't respond to the things of God. We had no connection to the Father. We had no connection to our Creator. We were dead men and women walking. Our fate was sealed and our sentence was sure. Eternal damnation was our final destination. And Paul says we all once walked among them, according to the ways of the world, looking to satisfy the lust and the desires of our flesh and our minds and obeying the commands of Satan. Just like the rest of the world, that's why we have to watch being judgmental, because we have to remember that if it was not for the grace of God, their situation could very well be our situation. And that is cause to be humble and to thank God and to have gratitude and worship him with a grateful heart. And not only that, but to pray for others that he might shine the light of the truth of his glorious gospel in their hearts and their minds as well that he might have mercy on them just as he had mercy on us. But we were all objects of God's wrath, just like everybody else, just like those people that we like to condemn. We were one of them. We were among them. We were walking dead among them because we were walking in sin and trespasses. But God, 
because of his great mercy and his love for us. Not because of anything that we did or that we deserved it, but just because he's good. He sent down the antidote, and not just an antidote, but the antidote, the one and only cure, which is the precious blood of Jesus Christ. And by grace, he has made us alive together with Christ. I read one commentary that said that grace is the source of our salvation and faith is the channel through which it flows. On usgs.gov, it reads this, When rain hits saturated or impervious ground, it begins to flow overland downhill. Water will flow along channels as it moves into larger creeks, streams, and rivers. And then it goes on to say, Only about a third of the precipitation that falls that falls over land, runs off into streams and rivers, and is returned to the oceans. The other two-thirds is evaporated, transpired, or soaks, infiltrates, into groundwater. God's grace is like the rain from the sky. He showers it down, and then it flows along the channels of our faith into the streams of our spirits. If there is no channel, then the rain cannot flow into the streams and the creeks. And if there is no faith, then grace cannot be received. God's grace is what saves us. And we receive his grace through faith. We are saved by grace through faith. There is nothing that we can do to save ourselves. Just think about it. If your works if your sinful actions got you into this mess, if it got you the uh, sentence of death, then what makes you think that your works or anything that you can do can get you out of it? But when God draws us with his loving kindness, with his grace, and when his Holy Spirit convicts us of our sins, when we trust and believe, in the gospel message that Jesus Christ already paid the price for our sins, that he took God's wrath that was meant for us on the cross and died for it so that we wouldn't have to, so that we could live eternally with him. When we believe, that is the only thing that is sufficient to save us, by believing and trusting in Christ. You don't believe me? Let's see what Paul says about it. Ephesians 1.13, he says, In him you also trusted, after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also, having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. When were they sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise? Was it after baptism? No. Was it after they stopped going to the bar and getting drunk? No. Was it after they stopped sleeping around with every Tom, Dick, and Harry? No. It was after they heard the word of truth, which is the gospel of their salvation, the gospel of Jesus Christ, the good news of Jesus Christ, and after they believed and trusted in Jesus. Then they were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Remember, God didn't choose Israel because they were righteous. He made it clear that that was not the case, but it was the exact opposite. But he chose them because he chose them. 
And after he chose them, he taught them how to live, not before. He didn't say, y'all live this way and then you'll be my people. He said, you are my people, so now live this way. But when we believe in Jesus' sacrifice for our sins, then somehow, supernaturally, his spirit joins with our spirit. And because the Holy Spirit is eternal, and because he is life, then when the Holy Spirit makes contact with our spirits, our dead spirits have no choice but to get up and live. And then we go from the walking dead to walking in newness of life from walking in weakness to walking in power, from walking in defeat to walking in victory, and from walking in sin to walking upright and pleasing in God's sight. It is no longer us who live, but it is Christ who lives in us. The spirit of Christ is the life that is in us. His life is what makes us alive. We don't have anything new apart from ourselves. We share in the life of Christ, the eternal life of Christ who will never die. And then it says, he raised us together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. In Ephesians chapter 1, verses 20 through 22, it talks about how God raised Jesus from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might, and dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. And he put all things under his feet, and gave him to be head over all the things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. So now, since we sit in heavenly places with Christ, Sin has no power over us because we sit together in heavenly realms with the one who defeated sin. Now, in ancient days, they used to believe that there were many levels to heaven. There was the topmost heaven. I don't remember what it's called. I don't know what it's called, but it's where they believe the most purest deity lived. And then at the very lowest level of heaven, which was the air where the birds and everything fly and live and the insects, they believe that to be the realm where the demon spirits and all the evil spirits dwelled. Hence, most likely where the prince of the power of the air comes from when we refer to Satan or when the Bible refers to Satan. But since we sit with Christ above all those principalities, all those evil spirits, all those demon spirits, we don't have to be subject to, we don't have to be subject to them. And we don't have to be subject to sin because we reign with Christ. So since all those things are under his feet, They're also under our feet, and we have power over them. They don't have power over us. So I just want somebody to be encouraged today. If you have been struggling with sin, if you think that you are weak, the truth is you are. 
But if you are in Christ, you sit with Christ spiritually, not physically yet, but spiritually you sit with Christ. There is no power of darkness that is stronger than the power of God. And although we are not saved by good works or any type of works, we are created in Christ and we are saved for good works. When God made us alive by his grace through faith in Christ, he expected that we no longer live as if we are dead in sin, but as if we are dead to sin, which is what we are or what we should be. Our lives should no longer be characterized by sin, but by righteousness and good works and doing good to others, loving others. As we walk in this newness of life, Galatians 1, 3-5 says, Grace to you and peace from God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins, that he might deliver us from this present evil age, according to the will of our God and Father, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Jesus didn't just die so that we could be saved from future consequences. He didn't give his life just so we could be rescued from hell. But he also died so that he might deliver us from this present evil age. Because that is the will of God for us. That we be delivered from the ways and the customs of this ungodly world. That we not conform to it any longer, but that we be holy, sanctified, and set apart for the master's use. Romans 6, beginning with verse 1, says, What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. How shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? Or do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. We can be only one of two things, either dead in sin or alive in Christ. The Bible teaches us not to let sin reign any longer in our mortal bodies, that we should obey it in its lust, and that we shouldn't present our members, ourselves, as instruments of unrighteousness to sin, but that we should present ourselves to God as being alive from the dead and our members as instruments of righteousness to God. Because sin no longer has dominion over us. We have been made free in Christ, not so that we can live it up and do whatever we want to do and fulfill the lustful pleasures of our flesh, but so that we can serve God. We're no longer slaves to sins. We've been freed to submit to the Lord, to do good works, to live holy and pleasing to the Lord. We no longer have to submit to the hard taskmaster of sin. We can use our freedom to joyfully serve the Lord. God is holy and his people should also be holy. He says, be 
ye holy for I am holy. We should no longer walk among the dead, meaning we should no longer do what they do. It's time to come out from among them and be separate. And now I'm not saying that you have to stop talking to everybody who isn't a Christian or that you can't be friends with them. A lot of awesome opportunities to share the gospel come out of those friendships. But what I mean is that we can't keep living how they're living and we can't keep doing the things that they're doing. We can't continue in those sins that we indulged in when we were dead. We have to come out from among them because we no longer have an appetite for the things that they have an appetite for. They hunger after the flesh. We hunger and thirst for righteousness, for the righteousness of God. And because the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is alive in us, he gives us power that we need to resist sin, to live separate lives, lives that are alive to God and dead to sin. But the Holy Spirit is our helper. He gives us power, but he's not going to do it for us. We have to take it upon ourselves to resist the temptation. And that, of course, is going to be determined by your motivation. How much do you love God? How much do you appreciate what he's done for you? How grateful are you that he gave his life for yours on the cross? If you have any understanding of the gospel message and what Jesus did for you, that's enough to make anyone want to turn away from sin. Sin killed the one you love. Why would you want to continue in it? We need to be an example to others to show the world that there is hope and that they can also be free from sin that they can also have new life. We can't make anybody believe, but we can administer the cure. We can preach the gospel of Jesus Christ and pray that God will open up their understanding. They're not gonna understand nothing else you say until they get that cure in them because the power is in the good news of Jesus Christ. In Galatians chapter 1, Paul talks about how he went to the regions of Syria and Cilicia in verse 21. And he says, And I was unknown by face to the churches of Judea, which were in Christ, but they were hearing only he who formerly persecuted us now preaches the faith which he once tried to destroy. And they glorified God in me. Why did they glorify God? because they heard of the new life that Paul was living. He was no longer persecuting the church and killing Christians. He was completely brand new. When God gets glory, lives begin to change. When God gets glory, the gospel message 
begins to become real to people because they see it in action. They see more than just talk. They see the manifestation of God's power through us. So let's continue to walk boldly in the spirit of God. And let's let people know through the lives that we live and through our testimonies that I once was lost, but now I'm found. I once was blind, but now I see. I was once dead, but I've been made alive because Christ now lives in me. And you can let them know that he can give them new life as well. So let's not give up on the world. Let's not write the world off because God didn't give up on us and he's not willing that any should perish. But let's continue to pray and be an example through the way we live. And let's give a lost and dead world hope for new life through the preaching of the gospel. Search the scriptures to see whether these things I've spoken to you are true. As someone once said, the Bible is infallible, I am not. But until next time, preach the gospel so we can all go home. God bless you and take care.